0: You can also subscribe at PeopleProcesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes.
1: Today, we're going to be taking a look at the PPP Loan Forgiveness application, which was released on Sunday, May 18th. We're going to go through it. Uh, I am recording a video of this as well, which will allow us to, uh, if you'd like on our website, I'll have a link to the video. We'll have our standard transcript. We'll have a link to the uh, forgiveness application itself. But if you'd like to watch a video where we go through it together, that would be awesome. Like I said, I'm going to record that and this way we can uh, uh, actually work on it together and uh, uh, kind of go through it piece by piece. So opening that up now. Now, in the meantime, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our uh, podcast and notifications at peopleprocesses.com. We're also available on iTunes, uh, all the podcatchers of your choice, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, Spotify, check us out on there so that you know when we have great updates like this. Now, I'm going to switch over and I'm now sharing my screen. So, Let's take a look and dive in. We're going to go on this here. Okay, so the PPP uh, loan forgiveness applications. This goes, first of all, back to your lender. It does not just get sent off to the SBA. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, You want to start with that. Now, there's a lot of different pieces to it. There's a calculation form, a couple different schedules and worksheets, demographic demographic information form which is optional the primary things that you must do is the forgiveness calculation form and the schedule a there's also like I said a workplace on that a, 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 a worksheet on that so that you can kind of calculate some of them now there's lots of definitions on the first page uh, there's a couple of ones that make that are pretty straightforward your PPP loan number your business legal name all those. There's a few key ones. One, the PPP loan disbursement date. This is the date that an employee uh, looks. Sorry about that. The loan disbursement date. This is the date that the money hit your account. Okay. Uh, So you need to have this. I didn't realize that my screen wasn't sharing. So I apologize. That's why I slowed up there for a minute. So. Uh, the date you receive the PPP loan proceeds from the lender, if the loan proceeds were distributed on more than one date enter the first date on which you received PPP loan proceeds. Now, one question we have at this time is if you received the money, they pulled the entire amount back and deposited a different amount. Which one do you use? Ask your lender. But most people seem to be thinking that this is going to be the, uh, the latter date, even under that scenario. If you received multiple disbursements, to come up to a certain amount, then it would be the the first one. Uh, If you have EIDL numbers, those sort of things go in there. This is important because we're going to ask about the payroll schedule and the payroll schedule affects the covered period. Enter the eight week, which is 56 day covered period of your PPP loan. The first day of the covered period must be the same day as the PPP loan disbursement date. If you receive your proceeds on, for example, Monday, April 20th, the first day of the covered period is April twenty, and the last day of the covered period is Sunday, June 14th. Now, this is very important. There is an alternative payroll cover period you can use. This is for administrative conven- convenience. Borrowers with a biweekly or more frequent payroll, so those are your weeklies as well, may elect to calculate eligible payroll costs using the 56-day period that begins on the first day of their first pay period following the PPP loan disbursement date. For example, if a borrower received its PPP loan proceeds on Monday, April 20th, and the first day of its first pay period following its PPP loan disbursement is Sunday, April 26th, then the first day of the alternative payroll covered payer period is April 26th, and the last day would be June 20th. Borrowers who elect to use this must apply the alternative payroll covered period whenever there is a reference in this application to the covered period uh, or the alternative payroll covered period. However, there are a few places where it asks to the covered period only, and that would be the original one for your eight weeks afterwards. And it's mainly just for there, it's so that you don't put the wrong dates in there. So you have to disclose both the normal covered period and the alternative covered period if you're going to use that. If you received loans in excess of $2 million, you must check a special box. That's basically the we're going to audit you box. So that's important. Okay. Now I'm going to hop on down. Uh, there's a lot of different kind of explanations on there, but I'm going to go to the application. Uh, we're now on page three. It's quite, quite it looks like a pretty straightforward form. Business legal name, DBA name, business address, ID, that kind of thing. Your loan number, your lender's loan number. You may need to leave that blank and send to them the loan amount and the disbursement date. The employees at the time of the application, the employees at the time of the forgiveness application, if you did an EIDL, you have to put those in there. Then we mark our payroll schedule, and we put in the covered period. This is always the eight weeks following, 56 days following, when your loan was disbursed. If you're biweekly or weekly, you can then select the alternative payroll covered period going to the first pay period starting after your disbursement. If the borrower, together with its affiliates receive PPP loans in excess of 2 million, you check this box. Now, uh, then you're adding all the pieces together. So first is payroll costs, then business mortgage interest payments, business rent, and business utility. Let's talk about payroll costs. So there's a schedule a line 10, which we can scroll down. And it asks you enter your cash compensation, enter your, uh, your, that's your hours and salaries. Hang on. Mm -hmm. Here it is down here. So it's kind of a a selection. Enter your cash compensation, enter your average FTEs, total amount paid by the borrower for employer contributions to employee health insurance, the amount paid by the borrower for employer contributions to employee retirement plans, the amount paid by the borrower for state and local taxes assessed on employee compensation. You also have to disclose separately the total amount to owner employees or self-employed individuals, general partners. Uh, So you don't want to, and you don't double count those. Okay, so those are, put those together, you add it all together, that gives you your total payroll costs. So going back to the original application, there are your total payroll costs, plus your business mortgage interest, your rent, and your utilities. That gives you your payroll and non-payroll costs. And that is the sum of what is forgivable. You then Adjust that for your full-time equivalency and salary age reductions. Now, these are all part on on Schedule A. Again, uh, they break this down. So what you have to do is actually say enter the – I want to find the exact numbers for you so that we don't – here we go, Schedule A. All right. So uh, this is the determine if pay was reduced more than 25%. To do this, you enter the average annual salary or hourly wage during the covered period. You enter the average annual salary between January 1, 2020 and March 31, 2020. And you divide the values by one a and one B. If one C is 75% or more enter zero, otherwise proceed to step two. If March, if January 1 to March 31 doesn't work, you can do the same thing. It actually says enter the annual salary or hourly wages as of February 15th, enter the uh, February 15th through April 26, 2020, and see if that happens. And it allows you to kind of go through a couple different ways of calculating this. If the average number of workers um, uh, has been lowered, then you do have, you know, um, you have an issue, right? Then it's going to wind up reducing Your costs. Uh, You want to multiply the amount entered in uh, those sections by 0.75 to see if it's positive or negative, and that's going to wind up being what you subtract from your form. I know this is hard on a podcast, guys. Definitely you want to check out the video so that you're looking at it uh, with us together. The bottom line is that to recap, there's your payroll expenses, which is your gross pay, your employer taxes on state and local taxes your employer contributions to health insurance, your employer contributions to retirement, plus your mortgage interest, rent, lease, or utility payments. That gives you a dollar figure. That's then adjusted up or down, uh, or I'm sorry, adjusted down only, for full-time equivalency reductions and salary hourly wage reductions. So if your average salary is lower, your average hours are lower, then it will lower down. Uh, then there is, when you put those together, you actually wind up calculating your potential forgiveness amount, and you get that forgiveness amount, which is what you will be done. Then on the, final, on the next page, you certify quite a few items, and these are important. Uh, you certify that the dollar amount for which forgiveness requested was used to pay the things that you say they were. You understand that if the funds were knowingly used for unauthorized purposes, the federal government would pursue recovery of loan amounts or criminal or civil fraud charges. The borrower has accurately verified the payments for the eligible payroll and par- non-payroll costs for which the borrower is requesting forgiveness. That you submit to the lender the required documentation verifying those payroll costs, the existence of obligations and services, that's your utilities and those sorts of things. Uh, and eligible business mortgage interest payments, business rent or lease, and uh, business utility payments. So you, it's saying you're going to put all those in. The information provided in this application uh, is true and correct in all material respects. There's a law that will punish you by up to five years in jail, fine up to a quarter million dollars if you're lying. The tax documents you've submitted are consistent with those the borrower has submitted and will submit it to the IRS, and that the SBA may request additional information. I'm going to give that a sign and send in that signature page along with the first page. And I'm sure your bank will want you to send in, though it may, may not be required, uh, some of these supporting worksheets where you kind of figured out these sorts of things. Okay? So you have to do all of these so that you can get the full-time equivalents and figure out if you had a salary reduction and those sorts of things. When we look on here, employee name, employee identifier, cash comp, average FTE, salary, hour, rate reduction, we uh, If you're on our people processes platform, we literally have a report you can use to print off and supply this. So it should take care of what you need. But for those of you who are not on our platform, you want to download this uh, form, start taking a look and start building out. You're probably not to the end of your eight weeks yet. You probably want to take a look and uh, build out a plan so that you're collecting this data as you process your payrolls throughout the pay period and make adjustments. If you don't want to pay back money, you may need to hire a few more people. If you're going to pay back money though, that's okay. They gave you more than they expect than than it seems you needed. That's okay. You can pay it back. That's not the end of the world. I don't want listeners and business owners to get into a position where they feel like if they don't take advantage of every penny of this, they're making a mistake. Uh, I think you should take advantage of what you need to in order to keep your business running, but don't don't go so far as to try and uh, spend this money for no reason. You'll cause more problems with your employees by overpaying them for no reason than you would uh, by just behaving appropriately and, and, and doing your best worst case, you give them some of the money back Uh, in the in the meantime, you got free money from heaven and that's awesome. So just take a deep breath. I know a lot of people are really caught up on how do I get every penny of this uh, forgiven? And I want you to get as much of it as is appropriate, but if you got too much, that's okay. You can pay some of it back. You can hang on to it and take it as a 1% interest loan for the next two years even and spend it on other stuff. You don't even have to give it back if you don't want to. You just have to pay it back after you spend it on uh, you know, uh, marketing or uh, something else like that, maybe getting everybody set up at home. These are the sort of things that you can spend this money on. I just hope that our listeners don't get too caught up in trying to get every penny of this forgiven
0: ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe and get some of our subscriber only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day and get your work done.